0: They met in the the playoffs last season. Will the Kings and Oilers battle it out for the Pacific Division title we discuss next on Locked on LA Kings?
1: You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Like and subscribe, please, if you like what you're seeing. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host for Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, the past 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL analyst. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years And of course, most importantly for you, a passionate LA Kings fan. Uh, We continue our rival reports as we count down to the upcoming season. And we welcome in the host of Locked on Oilers. His name is Brett Holden. And Brett, it's the first time we're getting a chance to talk. Great to have you. And uh, I think we're both pretty excited about the upcoming season. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially
1: after that playoff series. I'm ready for the Kings.
0: Well, we're certainly going to lead off with that, uh, and and I've been talking a little bit with some other hosts and uh, talked to you know the, the hosts of uh, Locked On Ducks, Locked On Sharks, Locked On Golden Knights, and 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 asking about you know rivals and and who's your rival, and it seems like in the Pacific Division it, it's kind of up for grabs a little bit between a lot of different teams. I know for me it's the Anaheim Ducks, you know those neighbors down there in Orange County, and it's probably because I have friends who are Ducks fans and we you know go back and forth, but. Uh, a lot of people think it's the Sharks because the Kings have met them recently in the playoffs more than a few times. Uh, a lot of people hate the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, the Oilers meeting them in the playoffs, we, we always, always hear this, and it's very true. I mean, playoff hockey, uh, you you meet more than once in, in a short amount of time, and that can really spark a rivalry. And we had a seven-game series last season. So you think maybe Kings-Oilers is a rivalry that could be kind of uh, smoldering a little bit and could spark here soon. Oh, absolutely. You felt it. Honestly, you could feel it
1: through the TV from Edmonton, just the emotion that Kings fans have. And I've I've come to a couple of Kings games before. My my birthday was on uh, Dustin Brown's 1,000th game. So it was a very high... uh, Attitude, or everybody, it was a high-paced game. Everybody was there, and it was uh, against the Golden Knights. And like you mentioned, not a lot of people like the Golden Knights, and the crowd atmosphere was fantastic there. And you could feel it in the playoffs against the Edmonton Oilers, just giving it to everybody. A lot of Edmontonians are also not very happy with Mikey Anderson and the whole dry-cidal thing, Uh, Lemieux and everything like that. There is a lot of animosity that is still being felt here in Edmonton as well. That's probably going to translate into the next season. And I don't think Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid or many of the Edmonton Oilers are going to forget what happened in that playoff series. It was a seven game series, it was one of the toughest series the Oilers played. And we're feeling it, we're ready for it.
0: Well, I definitely want to get your thoughts on the Pacific Division as a whole as we, you know, get ready for the next season. But specifically about the Kings and the Oilers, you know, when we start getting these predictions that we even saw there is we have a group chat of all the locked on hosts and they just did a Pacific Division poll and they had your Oilers pick number one. And if I had a vote and I didn't vote in it, unfortunately, but if I did, I would have voted the Oilers uh, to win the Pacific as well. So there's a lot of expectations and we'll talk about that. But uh, I think when you see these predictions come out, I think a lot of people are going to pick the Oilers. But I think the Kings are going to be kind of a trendy pick. You know, a lot of people like to get ahead of the curve and be like, oh, I called that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think they could be maybe close in the standings. Do you think it could be a a Kings-Oilers kind of one-two finish this year? I could definitely see it. I
1: was discussing it on my most recent episode as well. And we saw it in the uh, rankings as well that came out with the Locked On Network. I could see... The Kings being up there, my thing, and I think a lot of people will will probably say this uh, in the future while discussing predictions for the season is that the maturity of the team. Yes, they just made the playoffs, a very hard-fought game or a series, excuse me, but now they have to go through the next season, and now they'll have Drew Doughty back. It'll probably be uh, I don't know your thoughts on how long Jonathan Quick still has, but uh, it's going to be a lot, a, a very interesting season you're a well coached team your team who's brought together very much I guess or or what's I guess the chemistry was very much built trying to beat a very good team in the Edmonton Oilers and you saw it in every win after the LA Kings you said every every excuse me every win the LA Kings had in the playoffs they were on each other, celebrating every game because it was big to them. And now they can build together as a group to something bigger. And it's going to be like, they're, again, the Edmonton Oilers aren't going to forget what happened in the playoffs, but the Kings aren't either. And they've got a lot, a big memory and a long time to think about it too.
0: Well, you mentioned Jonathan Quick. I want to talk goaltending with you. And you mentioned coaching. I want to touch on that there because there's a couple of Kings connections with the current Oilers and uh, you just signed a former kings goaltender to be your uh, number 1 netminder uh, of course uh, jack campbell was uh, with los angeles traded him to toronto and then he got his opportunity and he made the most of it and he's parlayed that into a 5 year 25 million dollar deal to be the number one goaltender in edmonton um, obviously a lot of scrutiny a lot of pressure in toronto uh, it's not maybe not quite at the level of toronto but it's still high there in edmonton as well uh, and now that you've upgraded in net Allegedly, uh, there's going to be expectations. So what are your thoughts on Jack Campbell? And and is he one of the key pieces to getting you deeper in the playoffs than than a year ago? Well, the
1: biggest thing for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs last year was their goaltending, mostly their defense as well, but mostly their goaltending. And you saw in... I just I, I sit here and remember JT Comfort coming in in the Western Conference Finals, and it was an awful angle. And you just see Mike Smith just off the angle, just an awful, awful shot angle. And I'm just sitting there. If you just had a goaltender who respected angles, this game may be a little different. They wouldn't have scored just off of a shorthanded go- uh, opportunity. It would The Oilers still would have been in the lead. It would have been a different game. The same thing with uh, the first game against the LA Kings. Same thing with the first game against the Calgary Flames. It was consistent. But the thing with Jack Campbell is, is that he's a goaltender <laughs> and he respects being a goaltender. And he's played with a lot of guys within the Edmonton Oilers organization. Obviously, Zach Hyman, Tyson Berry. They've also played uh, with uh, uh, D- Darnell Nurse down in the Sault Ste. Marie as well. So he's had a reputation and and uh, relationships with a lot of guys on the team and has already connected with a lot of guys with the team. Chemistry is a big thing and a lot of people Talk about how close the Edmonton Oilers organization is and the team is. So I think he's really gonna mend well. And I'm actually kind of excited to see his personality really show in the press conferences and stuff like that. It the press conferences are gonna be fun.
0: You know, uh there were a lot of things about Mike Smith that you could admire. I mean, he is a he's a guy who battles, but you know, 40-year-old goalie. Uh, you you wonder if maybe he kind of ran out of gas in the end. The Kings obviously have a veteran. You mentioned Jonathan quick as well. And we're all kind of wondering how that's going to work out this year. Uh, was it, was it stressful, uh, in a lot of ways, having an older goalie like that, that you're relying on as you go deeper in the playoffs? Oh absolutely. It didn't help that you also had Miko Koskinen backing up to
1: it. Every time uh, there was a rush coming in, you just you you held your breath as an Oilers fan. You sat there and you're just like this could very well go and you did not feel comfortable with very many shots. Even when either of those goaltenders were on a run, you were just waiting for that streak to end. I think now with, with Stuart Skinner, with Jack Campbell, you'll feel a little bit more confident. They're not exactly goaltenders who will lose their head in the crease. Uh, and I think that's going to really help the Oilers, especially their decor as well. Just make them feel not necessarily comfortable to make a mistake, but if they do make a mistake they can feel confident in their goaltender bailing them out
0: Uh, another connection between the Oilers and Kings is the Kings current head coach Todd McClellan Uh, I talked just the other day with JD Young the host of Locked on Sharks about Todd McClellan he had a lot of glowing things to say about him said that maybe he's the greatest coach in the history of the Sharks of course he had a stop between San Jose and LA in Edmonton it didn't go quite as well there Uh, but just, uh, you have any thoughts on Todd McClellan as a coach and these, I mean, he's obviously he's on his third Pacific division team. Uh, do you think that despite his lack of success in Edmonton, that he's a guy who can get it done in LA? I think so. Uh, my biggest thing
1: with McClellan was every single time something didn't go right, especially in. Uh, important games he just started messing with the lines and I mentioned earlier just how important chemistry was and if you're always going into battles that you're not with the same people you don't know how they're going to react in situations you're not in there in practices together knowing where everybody is then it kind of was the deterrent for the Oilers Um, with McClellan but at the same time he's not afraid to make adjustments in the same breath. And you saw that come to the positive side for the LA Kings a lot of the time last season and in the playoffs as well against the Oilers as well. So I think that's one of the very interesting things with McClellan is that he's so ready to make those adjustments and i think a team that has the veterans that has the players that have confidence in themselves and they're a young fun team i think they're ready to go out there and they really show just how hard they are to play against with anybody so i think that you got to read the team well and i think mcclellan does that very well
0: uh more with locked on others host brett holden in a moment but first you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks if you become a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out you think about calling for a ride but now nah, you live nearby you can make it home okay it's not a big deal what are the odds you're gonna get pulled over anyway and if so what's the worst that can happen Well your insurance could go up you lose your license you lose your job you total your car you kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead. Get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We continue with Brett Holden, uh, locked on Oilers host. And uh, Brett, I have uh, not mentioned his name yet. But it's now time to talk about Connor McDavid. And, uh, oh. you know, he's one of those guys, and and they get talked about a lot in sports. And I know here in Southern California, Mike Trout is a guy. People say he's the greatest baseball player uh, currently. I know he's been hurt a little bit lately, but uh, he hasn't won anything. Uh, and, and now Connor McDavid certainly had the individual achievements. But obviously, when you're the best player in the game, you're expected to eventually lead your team to a championship. And he certainly got a little closer last year than he has ever been before. And his play, you know, I remember John Tortorella had some controversial comments about how Connor McDavid had needed to change his style in the playoffs. Well, he didn't change his style. He just took his game to another level. Um, You know, I'm a little bit older. I've seen, you know, Wayne Gretzky play. I've seen some legends, but I don't know that I've seen a guy like Connor McDavid who can, do the things he does at the speeds he does he was uh just he, he really did take it to another level especially against the kings and uh just your thoughts on you know expectations we're going to talk. both of our teams have high expectations for this year so with the success last season did that maybe take some pressure off of connor mcdavid in that they finally got to you know a conference finals or is the expectations even higher now knowing that they got one step away from the stanley cup final I think it's a little bit of both. You hear Connor McDavid, and,
1: and yes, I think it, it may not necessarily take the pressure off Connor's shoulders per se, but I think what it does is it shows him and Leon as well and the team and the organization that, okay, we're almost there. We can get there. Right. And I. but on the other side as well, you hear a lot of the Leon Dreisaitl says it, Connor says it, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, everybody within the organization has the same mindset. Yes, you know, that was a fair step forward, but it can't be a step forward if you don't take the next step. And that's what the big thing for the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid really is is taking that next step. Because the next step, well, is winning a game in the Western Conference Final, but is the Stanley Cup Final, right? And then the Stanley Cup. The Edmonton Oilers are building towards that. The Connor McDavid has four more years on his contract. Leon Draisaitl has three, and you see the contracts that are being handed out right now. Evander Kane four years. Zach Hyman was seven, so two years after, or one year after, excuse me. Now I guess uh, uh, Brett Kulak was a four-year. Um, Jack Campbell five years right after Connor McDavid's as well. Everything is being built towards those last three two three seasons for Connor mcdavid this year needs to be the year that they do take that next step to the stanley cup final and then those next three years are when they try and make the dynasty hopefully but like yes i i don't think that he feels the pressure but he just he his dream has been always to win the Stanley Cup. He has the ability to do so. We've all seen it. It's now just making sure that all the pieces are together
0: to do to take the next step. Talking a little bit more about last season, and I know, and you're certainly there. You know better than I. But it seemed like Ken Holland was a guy that uh, there was a lot of question marks around him. I mean, he did a, he did great work in Detroit, but in Edmonton, it didn't seem like he was it was happening. And then last year there was two moves made, I thought, that kind of turned things around. You made a coaching change, uh, and Jay Woodcroft comes in and does a great job. And then you go out and you get Evander Kane, which yeah. was at the at the time, I mean, pretty controversial because there were things going on with the Oilers. I mean, Leon Dreisettle had that press conference where he got into it with the local reporter, and there was there were some things going on with the team. And uh Kane came in and was amazing and really was uh, helped you guys uh and you know, he was a big factor in the Kings series as well. Um, just were those two moments, the key moments last year, uh, for the, for the Oilers to kind of turn things around?
1: Yeah. Uh, f- first with the Vander Kane, I have another thing that I think, uh, Ken Holland has done that I think has really put the team over, but I think Vander Kane with Vander Kane is that he has everything that needs that Conor McDavid needs in a left winger. He has the grit. Nobody wants to get punched by a southpaw like Evander Kane. When he drops the gloves he can fight with basically anybody in the league. He doesn't have to, but he can. He can score goals. He can Sometimes play in his own end, but mostly it's more of a grit type, body on body type play in his own end. But he can also keep up with Connor McDavid as well. And that's the big thing. Connor McDavid made Patrick Maroon a 20 goal scorer. Zach Cassian was also chipping in on some of that as well. We almost had Ty Ratty on the Edmonton Oilers top line. So you can make a lot of guys quite good with Connor McDavid, but you have to keep up with him and you have to make him feel comfortable, and that's what uh, Vander Kane does. Now, the other thing that I think that Ken Holland most underrated move was was Brett Kulak. Brett Kulak was a massive move for the Edmonton Oilers, and now now he, he, he really solidifies that bottom end, or the defensive end, excuse me, and now he also, with uh, Duncan Keith leaving, Tyson Berry stays there. And now you can really run that eleven-seven 7 and be comfortable with it.
0: Uh, I did want to get your thoughts on the division. I know there are some out there who think it is the, the worst division uh, in hockey. Uh, you know, they they, they they the Pacific has only gotten three teams in uh, recently. And the Central is strong. Certainly got to give them credit. Um, but just your thoughts. I think it is. it was a very interesting offseason. It has been so far. For the Pacific, uh, Calgary certainly uh, has uh, has had an interesting offseason. Uh, Vegas losing their number one goalie for the season before they even get on the ice. Can they bounce back? And they've got issues as well. Vancouver is a kind of a sleeping team that you're not sure what you're going to expect from them. And then we've talked obviously a lot about the Oilers and the Kings. Just what are your thoughts on the, on the Pacific uh, going into this season? I think after
1: the Edmonton Oilers, it gets quite interesting. It gets quite muddled. It can be the Kings who get second place. But the thing with the Kings, again, is that maturity. I think at some point with the LA Kings, or or not even maturity, it's experience almost. I think at some point with the LA Kings, they are going to... Get caught up in some sort of slump and it's going to be tough to pull themselves out of it. Whether that's late in the season, early in the season, once they're trying to gel with everybody, and I, but I still think they're going to go on a run and be very good. It just depends on when it happens, and then it also depends on the Calgary Flames. I think the Calgary Flames, Daryl Sutter is Daryl Sutter. He's a fantastic coach. Yeah, we Huberdeau's know. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Uh, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau is a fantastic Fantastic player. Mm -hmm. Weger really rounds out a very good defensive end. Uh, I I think they're going to be very good. So that's that's the thing. That is what the Kings are kind of uh, going up against is kind of Daryl Sutter, really. And yeah, I, I think like you mentioned, after that, it just... Uh, maybe the Ducks are good. I, I like the Canucks, like you said, sleeper team. I like Elia Mikheyev. Mikheyev's a great add. Uh, uh, they also got uh, Andre Kuzmenko as well, who will be a top six player for them. Really, I think he'll really fit in well. But after that, I think it's just a battle for Connor Bedard,
0: really. Hey, you know what? I wanted to pass along our, our condolences uh, on the behalf of the Kings fans on the passing of Oilers fan Ben Stelter. Um, only thing that made it hard to root against the Oilers last season in the playoffs was was Ben there. And I know he came to LA for a couple of the games. And for people who maybe don't know or 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 you not know, want you know didn't see the news, he's a six-year-old Oilers super fan battling yeah. brain cancer. Um, and he passed away, unfortunately, recently. Um, and I, I know there's been an outpouring of love and and support for the Oilers and, and specifically, of course, Ben's family. Um, I I know that had to be uh, a very difficult time for everybody in the Oilers organization, Connor McDavid and a lot of players, uh, putting out statements and, and, you know, I'm sure you know, this, it's amazing that even at the NHL level, like the hockey community is still a very tight knit, small community in a lot of ways. And the, just the outpouring from all fans and teams, um, sending love to, you know, the Oilers way and, and Ben's family, I'm, I'm sure I hope helped a little bit, you know, and they're uh, going through a very difficult time. Ben wasn't with us very long, but he sure left an impact on uh, the city of Edmonton and, and the Oilers organization. Didn't he? Uh, it, it
1: still brings me emotion really, because Ben is a personification of what really, well, the human embodiment of what hockey is all about it. No matter what's going on in your life, Hockey is there for you, and he brought Edmonton together. He brought the team together. He brought in a time in a magical season for the Edmonton Oilers. He was st- he was always the 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 part that every single Edmonton oiler every time they were going down uh, the tunnel, every single one would fist bump him. They would look up to him in Edmonton on our uh, our press our media room. Is right along the uh 104th Street in Edmonton. And so once you're walking down 104th, you can see into the press, uh, the the media room. And that's why you always hear the cheers and everything like that. After he was the 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 first time that he came to uh Rogers, uh him and Hyman had the the um, the press conference, and everybody in the street packed the street, traffic stopped. Ben, let's go, Ben. And, and just ever since then, just a rallying point for the city. So it's a tough loss. It really is. Even people who've never met him, like myself, I really do feel the emotion of that and his family. Everybody in the city have have really come together for, for him and to be able to bring uh, closure and, and love to, to Ben and his family.
0: Yeah. Well, it was, it was a great story. Uh, You know, unfortunately, sometimes the stories don't have the endings we want, but his, his impact will be felt uh, beyond for sure. And I know for some of the players, they'll be thinking about him for the rest of their lives. So. It was, uh, we're we obviously, we're very sad to see that. And I wanted to make sure we, we passed that along. Uh, Brett, it was great to talk to you. Uh, really appreciate it. It's going to be an interesting year. I know it's the, there's a lot of excitement going on in Edmonton. There is a lot of excitement here in Los Angeles as well. We'll see how it all plays out. Uh, hopefully we can catch up uh, at some point during the season. And maybe if uh, they meet again in the playoffs, we'll have to get together and, and talk about that as well absolutely i look forward to it i might be
1: heading down there soon so maybe we can uh, have an episode down there so we'll see (laughs) that'd be
0: awesome that'd be awesome we'll welcome you down here for a game can't wait for the season to start thank you again and good luck with locked on oilers thank you so much appreciate it Hey, before we uh, head out for today, I want to uh, remind you that if you'd like to place a wager on the Edmonton Oilers or the LA Kings to win the Stanley Cup this year, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, Combat Sports, Esports, even golf. You can head to betonline or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That's betonline, where the game starts. Hey, if you want to keep up to date on this show or anything going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at LockedOnLAKings. LA you want to send me an email and be interactive with the show, the email address is LockedOnEddie, E-D-D-I-E at gmail.com. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast Uh, again thank you so much for watching appreciate it i'm eddie garcia reminding you as always go kings go